welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast. My name is Caleb. Let's start building our knowledge of the Bible. So, it's very important to read the Bible every day. If you're a believer, if you are one who believes that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he rose from the dead, and that he is the Son of God, and that his death was able to bring life to all who have faith in what he did and repent of their sins, then it's vitally important that you read the Bible on a regular basis. And the reason for that is simply that you do not want to die spiritually. Now, every day people eat. Every day you eat. Every day I imagine you eat two, three, four times a day. So every time you eat, it in it, it, it goes into your body and it becomes energy. It gives you life. And so, in one sense, eating is a spiritual activity. Because it is feeding your physical body, but it is allowing your spirit to reside in your body and maintain its uh, health, if you want to put it that way. So, a healthy body does not necessarily indicate exactly a healthy spirit. And a healthy spirit doesn't necessarily indicate exactly a healthy body necessarily. But uh, if you have a body that's functioning and is doing its job in a physical sense because you are eating every day to keep it alive, then that is a place for your soul and spirit to reside. Now, I I could talk in other passages in the Bible about your soul and your spirit. But right now, we just want to talk about this idea that eating actually allows your spirit to dwell and function here on the earth in in within you. So, in one sense, the natural is keeping the spiritual alive, if you want to put it that way. Now, don't bank on that too much, because it's related to what I'm going to say here in a moment. So, there's a principle from the scriptures that we need to bear in mind when we read the Bible, and when ultimately we look at the world around us, Okay. So that principle is, first the natural, then the spiritual. I shall repeat, first the natural, then the spiritual. Okay, so let me read the verse that that comes from. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'll start with verse, oh, just for the fun of it, let's start with verse 40, 39. For not all flesh is the same. This is 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty nine and following. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind of for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. 
What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all be changed in the moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Aha. And I could go on. It's a stunning passage. Okay, But what he's saying is, and let me back up to our key verse, uh, verse 47 the first man, oh, sorry, no, verse 46. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. So the context of this is all about the resurrection. So what Paul is saying is that what happens in the end, what happens in the last days, what happens after your physical body dies, because your physical body will cease at some point. It may die or it may be changed. But it will not stay the same. Okay, So, he uses the analogy of different bodies. Animal, fish, man, that kind of thing. They all have different kinds. There's different kinds of living beings. There's human kind. There's animal kind. There's bird kind. There's fish kind. Okay, They don't interrelate with each other. But then you also, he talks about heavenly bodies. The moon is a kind of heavenly body that is different from the stars and different from the sun. But then he goes into seeds. So a seed, all by itself, in and of itself, isn't very much. It's just a little teeny thing. Some seeds are edible. Some seeds are not really edible. You know, you wouldn't want to just have a pile of seeds on your plate. You know, really. But seeds have tremendous potential to be something other than they're not. So let's say, uh, pick any old seed if you want. Uh, Let's just pick the mighty oak. So the mighty oak starts out as uh, an acorn, I guess. Acorns come from oak trees. So that little seed isn't very big. It's the size of a big marble or... um, you know, you know how big, roughly, an acorn is. But you, that seed falls in the ground, and any seed, for that matter, can go into the ground, and then it transforms itself into this amazing oak tree. But it takes time for that to happen. So, Paul is saying here, 
It is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. So remember, he's talking about the greatest context of the resurrection. So our, our, we are basically walking seeds of some kind or another. Our bodies are going to someday die. If the Lord doesn't come back, it will die. And when it dies, typically it gets planted in the ground. When my dad died, we planted him in the ground. I could take you to his grave if you wanted to go see it. So it's planted in the ground. But then Paul says that when the resurrection takes place, and there will be a resurrection, if you read chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, Paul talks as if the resurrection is a fact that cannot, it's almost a law that cannot be broken. It is a future reality that must take place. And in one sense, it's a past reality because Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. His resurrection was something that was required to happen in, a, in is the way it reads if you read the passage. Go ahead, read the chapter, see if you can come to the same conclusion. Paul basically states that there has to be a resurrection. And there will be a resurrection of the wicked and of the righteous, both. All humans will be resurrected from the dead. That is the way the Bible describes it. So, But the question is, is what kind of resurrection are you going to resurrect in? Because there's two. So getting back to the analogy of my dad, he is a believer. So he loved the Lord Jesus. When he died, we planted him in the earth. So I have every expectation that at some point he will grow up. He will will raise from the dead. So when you plant that seed in the ground and the apple tree grows, over time the apple tree eventually bears fruit. But the relationship between the apple tree and its looks is very different than the apple tree in its seed. So you cut open the apple, pop out the seed, and you look at it and you look at the apple tree. And the tree is way better than just the seed. But the potential of the tree is in the seed. You follow me? So first the natural, then the spiritual. So Paul is saying what we see in the natural sense of a tree apple seed being planted and growing up into this stunning tree that we can pick more apples from and eat them and enjoy their fruit, that is what the resurrection will be like. My dad died and we buried him, but the expectation is from the promises of the scripture is that he will resurrect and his resurrection state will be vastly superior to what we put into the ground and the life that he lived now. We're walking seeds. And so the seeds that we are, are, is, are we're not going to stay this way. We're going to be so much different down the road. Okay? Now, Paul's talking about the resurrection primarily in the context of those who die in Christ. Now, there will be those who die not in Christ, and they also will be resurrected. And I can't really speak of their new state as something grander and more glorious than their state they are in right now. Because that state will be a very bad state to be in. But to be in Christ, first the natural, then the spiritual. So what I want to now say is that this principle of first the natural, then the spiritual is applied can be applied to all sorts of things to teach us about spiritual truth, spiritual reality. Let's stick with our example of the tree. So if you look at a tree, 
you see that its trunk goes up and its branches spread out and it has lots of leaves on it. It may even have edible fruit. It may be an orange tree or an apple tree or a pear tree or something like that. It may have edible fruit. But that tree, the living nature of it, will every season die. So right now as I'm recording this and when it will be posted, it's autumn time. So all the trees around me are lacking in leaves, which means they look dead, the poor things. They look like they're all dead. But in the springtime, they will come back to life. In effect, they will resurrect. And so every season, if you're far enough north or far enough south, you discover that there are seasons that teach us about death and resurrection, death and resurrection. This is why Passover in the Jewish calendar is in the spring, because Jesus resurrected after Passover. He died and he resurrected. It's springtime. What do you expect? Resurrection happens in the spring. Everything comes back to life. The flowers, the trees, the birds come back. Everything is vibrant and living. The bugs even come back. Everything comes back in the spring. But the tree, in and of itself, it will die and then come back again. So let's say at the height of summer, in the month of June, or if you're in the southern hemisphere, in the month of uh, February, (laughs) January, February. If you're at the height of the life in the tree... You have to always remember that half the tree is buried. So you may look up and see the luscious fruit, the beautiful leaves, the, the branches waving in the wind. You may see that, but if you go down, you discover that half the tree is in the earth. In other words, it's buried. It's in where we put dead people. Okay. So what does it say in Psalm chapter 1? In Psalm chapter 1, it says that the... Righteous man will be like a tree planted by rivers of water, uh, and his fruit, and he'll have fruit and all that kind of thing. Read Psalm chapter one. Well, let's just go there. I'll tap to that chapter right now because I happen to be using an iPad, and I have access to Psalm chapter one. So let's read it. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So I was saying about how vitally important it is to read our Bible. We should be meditating on it day and night. Churn it over. Process it in your mind on a regular basis. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does... In all that he does, he prospers. Okay, So that's what the righteous man is like. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. He will be like a tree planted by streams of living water because he meditate. He stays away from that which is wicked. He meditates on the word of God. He becomes like this tree. But a tree is always half buried. A lot of it is always underground. It's in the dirt. So we are to die... This is now jumping over to Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, reckon yourself dead. Let's just go to Romans chapter 6 because I have a very nifty iPad and I can tap my way quite happily to Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been immersed into Christ Jesus were immersed into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by immersion into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death, 
like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Okay, So you must reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. A tree is always reckoning itself dead it's buried in the dirt that's what we do with dead things we bury them but the tree the seed is buried but it sprouts up and it grows and it becomes this stunning tree it's alive it's functioning it's doing its job but it was buried it reckoned itself dead it was a seed in the ground you see how that works so let this percolate through your thinking first the natural then the spiritual We should be like trees planted by rivers of water. We should be always looking up to the Lord, but always having uh, our mind, in a sense, reckoning ourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. That's the life that we should be living, dead yet living. Okay, Always bearing in our body the marks of the Lord, you know, all these kind of things that, that, that typify someone who's dead. It's a strange paradox, I know, but it is the mind of Christ. It is the life that we need to live. It's the mind that we need to have. It takes time to develop that. That's why we're constructing these things. It's the Constructionist Podcast. If you come here, you will find out how your mind needs to be built up and how your understanding of Scripture needs to be built up little upon little, line upon line. So this is what you need to meditate on. Read 1 Corinthians 15, read Psalm 1, read Romans chapter 6. Put them all together and you'll discover that our life that we're living now is a pale, pale um, life compared to the life that we will be living in Christ down the road. So we're just walking seeds that need to be reckoned dead. And when that death Uh, happens when we put to death the deeds of the flesh and put to death the deeds of sin and these kind of things do not go after the works of the flesh but walk according to the fruit of the spirit all of that together is something that happens in our mind and and your mind is sort of the pathway there's a part of your mind called dianoia that is the pathway uh, between your spirit through your mind and down to your life, your hands and your feet and your mouth living this life. And that dianoia then is the way in which um, you can have the scriptures go into your eyes or into your ears, and when you lift them up to the Lord through your dianoia, through your spirit, then God can speak back to you. It's a kind of mysterious thing, but it's the way it works. It's how it's been set up. So God bless you. Please share this with people that you think can benefit from it. Uh, If you want to email me, you can do so at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, 
please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.